Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in High Fidelity. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. I'm Mark Warner along with Chris Lisa. We are now going to be affiliated with the inaugural launch of the Hockey Writers Podcast page over at thehockeywriters.com. We're talking with J.D. Styles from Cali Sports News reporting live from the Stanley Cup Finals. And today we're being joined by the first general manager in Las Vegas franchise history, George McPhee. With Pat Quinn... You know, I'm likely the finest man I've ever met in my life. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Clint Larchek. There's something about George McPhee that everybody says is a good pick. This is the Vegas Hockey Podcast. We're talking with Dana Lane, play-by-play voice of the UNLV Rebel Hockey Team and owner of Dana Lane Sports. Joining us now is Matt Pryor of thehockeywriters.com. He's coming to us from the Dallas Stars training camp. Hello, hockey fans, and welcome once again to the Vegas Hockey Podcast. This is Mark Warner along with my esteemed co-host as we Wrap up the 2016 hockey season. Chris Lisa is on the line. Chris, what's up, my man? Happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year and happy to you as well, Mark, and happy New Year out there to all our listeners in you know, the U.S. and all parts of the country as well as seems to be Canada. And I just want to give a, a shout-out <coughs> to start the show to all our listeners. Uh, and ironically, go figure, the Vegas Hockey Podcast you know, about 5% of our audience is in Europe. So, we, we, you know, we haven't forgotten about you guys either. Believe it or not, in doing some digging, uh, you know, we have people from, uh, you know, Norway, Sweden, Denmark, France, Austria, the U.K., Switzerland, Germany, and that hockey hotbed Luxembourg. So thank you to all our listeners. And if I have one belated Christmas wish is if you, anyone who listens to the show, thank you and you know, if you could pass it along to a buddy or a friend and say, hey, give these guys a try, we'd be most appreciative. So uh, with that, let's, why don't we kick off the uh, the, the, the quick 30-minute show with uh, kind of our three-month uh, review, if you will. Well, well one review of uh, 2016 wouldn't be complete unless we uh, we remember Gordie Howe uh, passing away back in June, um, obviously. You know his credentials don't need to be recounted by us here, but I have I have a little story that, uh, for me anyway, was pretty cool. Well, last year I talked to you about when we went over to Washington D.C. and uh, we were spending some time at at the Smithsonian Institute. And for people that don't know, the Smithsonian Institute isn't really one building. It's it all it's like twelve buildings that line the mall between the Washington Monument the Capitol building and the Lincoln Memorial. But the oldest building there is the, they call it the castle, the Smithsonian castle. And that was the, the first museum that was, was put together with grant money by Mr. Smithsonian. 
and so it's, it's a really cool old building it has the open beam architecture and and almost cathedral-esque in its in its architecture inside and and go, going through one of the areas in that old building um there's a, a a cool civil rights exhibit that that shows some of the 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 struggle that the african americans came through uh, and are still going through, of course, in the United States. Um, it's just some some pieces of history that uh, they have on display there. And there's uh, back back in the 50s, I think, during the war, the, there were some postal dogs that would go from battalion to battalion, and they so had their little their little rank and insignia dog tags so they had a display for those dogs and my my 12 year old daughter come over to me daddy daddy come here look so we go over to the uh other side of, of the room there and there's an old beat up pair of leather ice skates and uh none other than gordy house skates sitting right there in the smithsonian institute and uh a long a long way from floral saskatchewan to the you know the the preeminent museum in the United States to have your skates on display there is, uh, you know, I, I think that kind of says how how far and how much he meant to, to not only the game of hockey but to Canada as well. So just a little just a little shout out to Mr. Gordy Howe, uh, Godspeed, sir. Well said, my friend. So now now that that uh, that's probably for me anyway the most important. Um, one of the most important things that happened in hockey. It's it's a great loss. But uh, as we did wrap up the 2016 season there at the end of, or the 2015-16 season there with our, our season roundup. So we're just going to focus today on the early part of the 2016-17 season. Um, going, going right into it here, I guess the whole segment will be a break in the ice segment. But uh, what uh, what jumps out to you right away is, as the surprises early here and i know we did our show with the the senators in the the blue jackets coming up and it was interesting the difference of opinion those guys had on the 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 blue jackets were playing right where they should be and not really you know this people could have expected this coming into the season because it was expected last season and and very optimistic and the on the on the flip side of that the ottawa was not very happy that they were actually having such a great season and and thinking it might even put the franchise back a little bit over achieving their analytics numbers and whatnot so well what's your take on that chris yeah i i think this is both positive and negative the season of surprises if you will and um best way i can say it i mean in terms of let's say columbus and minnesota uh, obviously, the, the, and they meet tonight, which is pretty astounding. Like one has, what, a 13-game winning streak, one has 11, something along those right. lines. And what is amazing to me is if – I don't care who you think – who what uh, hockey insider you love the best, if it's Darren Drager or Bob McKenzie or Barry Melrose, whoever it may be, and you, you asked them before the season started, hey, are, are the Blue Jackets in the wild, are they a lock for the playoffs? And they would probably tell you, uh, probably, no, they're not a lock. They got a shot, but they're not a lock. Uh, obviously, Columbus didn't make the playoffs last year. Minnesota barely squeaked in when Colorado collapsed. And and these teams, especially Columbus, because they really, from pillar to post, has been a, jo- a joke on. I mean, uh, Columbus leads the league 
in uh, in points. They're first of the Metro at 54, and they have like three, four uh, games in hand on most teams. On top of that, so uh, when they get even games in hand, um, <laughs> it could be scary of how many points that they have. So that, uh, and then obviously they will get to in, in a bit. Uh, the disappointments as well from the other end of surprises. So uh, that has really stuck out to me about this season. Well, for from Minnesota's point of view, and and we'll get into it in our goaltender segment a little bit later. Dubnik, uh, you know, a couple years ago, going down the stretch, he was out of his mind uh, playing for a contract, uh, some crazy twenty-seven and nine down the stretch, and then last year after signing the deal, pretty pedestrian. Um, average, average numbers or so, but this year he's been able to get back on form. You think how much of that has to do with maybe Boudreaux bringing in a new system um, and the boost that, that he usually does give to teams in the regular season when he takes over, or has he found something else in his game to, to drive his confidence up? Yeah, I guess the proof will be in that pudding, but uh, right. I, mean, I know Bruce Boudreaux <laughs> has been, uh, you know, he can't get to the promised land and all that, but um, look, what, what I mean, I know it's early, and also there'll be a spotlight on them come to playoffs. But it's not like the Wild, you know, had some killer, you know, the next Austin Matthews or the next Patrick Line just joined this team, where they made a huge trade and, and added this huge superstar or free agent signing. I mean, it really, by all indications, looked like they were spiraling kind of training downwards, you know, uh, of that team of the middle of the pack. Uh, and best case scenario was, you know, they be the eighth seed and then get knocked out in the first round. I mean, yeah, they added Eric Stoll. They had a they had a couple moves like that, and he's had a really good year for them after just probably his worst year of his career last year. And, uh, you know, Dubnik, I mean, you know, one six seven goals against and a nine four four save percentage. It's pretty incredible to see what's going on out there. So uh, I'm sure between the coach and and from exactly what you said, uh, you know, it's hard to see this team not making the playoffs at least. Uh, there'll be a bit of a spotlight on them come come the playoffs. But uh, to me, uh, it's kind of an incredible story. And then the flip side of that is Columbus from the standpoint of just how well they're playing defensively, uh, which was a problem last year. Uh, and, and this year they're just, uh, I mean, it's just incredible. It's just what an incredible turnaround. Well, let me, uh, the last team on, on our, our surprise list there. And is it really a surprise now with a, a healthy McDavid and you bring in Milan Lucic and the leadership he can bring to a franchise? Or is it really a surprise that they're right there in the thick of things in the Pacific Division? Or, or, or is it more of a show-me-don't-tell-me thing with just uh, uh, without insulting all of our Edmonton Oilers fans, just the awful hockey that they've portrayed the last 10-plus years that to look up and see them second in the Pacific with 44 points um, is just a shock just on the, on the surface of it? Yeah, I guess that would be probably under the mild surprises in terms of positives. Uh, and obviously, the, as you know, Mark, that division is very much up for grabs where where everyone's at. So, you know, uh, even though they're in second place, you know, unfortunately, if they were to have a bad 10 days, they could slide down to fifth kind of thing. But, for uh, sure. yeah, I mean, you know, we've been waiting for the Oilers to kind of turn the corner for so long now. So from that perspective, the fact that it looks like they have, uh, and there's going to be a lot of pressure on them, 
to make the playoffs, given where they are right now. And, you know, let's face it, given the division, I mean, uh, uh, you know, it looks like San Jose is really getting their game together. But everyone else is kind of, you know, trying to trying, oh, to, um. get through, trying to get through it. Yeah, so uh, that would be an inter- interesting team to follow uh, between uh, now and the trade deadline. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I think last year um, Arizona went into December and January up in the, in the third spot there uh, before Anaheim and L.A. were able to, to catch a little fire, Anaheim a lot of fire, and and kind of Arizona at the same time cooled their jets a little bit and fell back, and it's always going to be, for me, the sustainability of, of the team like Edmonton to um, – continue on the pace that they're at right now. Although, like you said, the Pacific Division, when you look around the league, um, the leaders in all the other divisions are at 50, 54, 51, 50, 53 with Pittsburgh, Rangers at 51 points, and no one in the Pacific Division has yet reached that 50-point threshold. Um, So I guess it's all perception on how well they're actually doing as opposed to the rest of the league or as opposed to within their division. Um, But as far as moving on into the the kind of disappointments, I really expected more out of that Arizona club this year. I thought they had learned a little bit last year at their early season play three, three months into the season. Um, How much of this maybe with Arizona is, I don't know if you want to call it the sophomore slump with, uh, Domi and Duclair and some of the other guys. I th- I thought the additions on defense would take some pressure off Ekman Larson and and allow him to even flourish more than he has been, taking less of the minutes and, and playing a fresher game. But it hasn't come to fruition in Arizona. What's been the problem down there? Yeah, they've had – to me, they, even though it, it's not like anyone would say that they should have been printing pay, playoff tickets this year. But I think most people thought they would be a very fun, exciting team and pushing for one of those wild card spots this year. And, you know, certain things broke their way. But obviously they have the the second worst record in the league, only a couple points better than Colorado, who's been an absolute disaster. Um, And, you know, they they have to to, between now and uh, opening night next year they have to get their goalie goaltending situation uh, resolved. To me, uh, you know, Mike Smith's had really good years, and I know that there's been nights where he's seen an obscene amount of shots, but this is a team that uh, does not have a number one goalie in the in their organization, be it on the main roster or in the prospect pipeline. So that is something that has to be addressed. they got to get stronger defensively. And, and the lesson to be learned here, which people should learn from – from the days of Edmonton, just because you have an extreme amount of talented young kids doesn't mean you could just throw them out on the ice and, and great things uh, are going to just, just happen. So I, 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 th- I like to see that team add a veteran or two uh, who can play meaningful minutes, blue line, and, and you know maybe up front, maybe a guy like a Justin Williams could be a, a good fit. Uh, you know him well for a young kid sure. out in Arizona. But uh, – yeah, I like to see. Well, one thing, know, obviously, one thing with Arizona, don't forget they have Chris Pronger and Pavel Datsuk on their on their payroll. That's right. So that's may, right. maybe you just right. suit them up, and and there's your veterans right there. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I can never between, I can never get past that. <laughs> so, so hopefully between now and and uh, uh, 
you know, the end of the year, they can play better hockey. They, this will be a learning curve for them. And that the powers that be over in Arizona uh, are going to start to, uh, to, to take this team to the next level. Yep, well, I guess. And then all, uh, you know, no, no personal jabs aside, no list of this year's disappointments would be complete without discussing your New York Islanders, sir. I, I will let you take the forefront there and and tell me what's wrong on the island. Oh, well, I'll make it short and sweet. I mean, the bottom line is there's, there's just been so many games lost. Uh, one goal games, uh, third periods, the game's up for grabs where they couldn't score the key goal, they couldn't make the key save, um, they couldn't convert on the key convert on the key penalty kill, uh, you, you know, couldn't get the, you know, to the mo- most least extent, uh, the right bounce or whatnot, whatever you want to call it, all those kind of combinations. They're just not playing, you know, where they need to play in, in terms of to be a successful team in this league. Uh, being a little bit under, and uh, you know, big changes uh, yesterday. The Islanders waived Harislav Halak. We'll see if he'll be claimed. Uh, it sounds like at least the Islander, big Islander writer out here for New York Newsday, doesn't seem to think he would be claimed. He signed for one more year. Um, you know, so you could see a lot of you're going to see a lot of Thomas Grice and Jeff Ruby. I mean, they're one game under 500. They're in the worst, the toughest division in the league. Uh, the thing is, I mean, if they were in another division, even in the Atlantic, uh, I, I would say, you know what, if they can get on a good streak, they can, you know, get into that third spot. But the problem is, in their division, uh, I mean, let's face it, the Blue Jackets, the Rangers, the Penguins, and the Capitals are all going to make the playoffs, which means they're fighting for that last wild card spot. And I believe, even though they have games in hand on the Flyers and a lot of games with the games with the Flyers in the second half of the season. Um, they're they're ten points behind them. That's the least of it. They're going to have to pass almost every other team in in the Eastern Conference. So it's going to take a miraculous run um, for them to uh, to get back to the playoffs where they've been three of the last four years. And quite honestly, I think at the end of the year you're going to see a, a new GM and a new head coach, and uh, the organization has been interviewing people for uh, a president of, of the organization, which they really haven't had. So uh, I think you're going to see a number of changes in terms of the front office and off the ice and, and uh, you know, a tweak or two uh, uh, to the roster. But, uh, they, like I said, it's going to be a real tough uh, goal for them. And I, I, I mean, I'm a positive fan, but it's hard to see them making the playoffs. Well, I did see uh, our good buddy Matt Pryor over at Big Tech's 1926, who's usually 90% plus on his playoff predictions, has already had the Islanders eliminated from playoff contention. So after last well, year in the seven-game seven series, and and you look for a team to go take the next step, not two steps back, um, I think it is probably time for that change you're talking about in New York. <laughs> No, excuse still, me, sir. Still, he, he he's still upset over the fact that he almost beat the Panthers last year. So, and he's a Ranger <laughs> guy. I'm just teasing. With, I'm just teasing with Matt. But I guess you sure. know, another big, uh, probably right there. And and I think they're just the the only reason they're they're not in the Islanders uh, uh, bandwagon, if you will, or as as uh, 
tough of a situation is just the division they're in, fortunately for them. I think the Panthers are probably one of the biggest disappointments as, as, as well. Uh, they're only sure. a couple points better than the than, than the Islanders, and and um, I believe they played a couple more games than them. You know, they're six in the Atlantic. Um, you know, it's not. It doesn't shock me from the standpoint of a lot of times these teams finally break through. We saw this with the Islanders about four years ago. Then the next year, and make the playoffs. Saw it with Columbus. Uh, we've seen we've seen it with some of these uh, other teams as well. Um, Calgary. They've had a lot of changes. Yeah, Calgary, good, great one. Um, so we've seen it with a lot of you know. There's a lot of Barkov got hurt the other night. I don't think it's anything serious, but um, yeah, I, I'd be a bit concerned. I mean, they're they're going to have to get in. Uh, I don't get in uh, either that last wild card or the third spot in the the Atlantic, and uh, obviously there's a lot of competition there. So. Uh, they they're gonna have to, and I don't see things. I don't think they've played that much better under Tom Rowe. Uh, uh, it seems like they they are the kings of losing in overtime or the shootout. So they do they do they're trudging along, getting one point tonight it seems. But um, I'd be worried about the Panthers. Well, I was worried about them during our Atlantic Division preview show when you and I didn't like the the wholesale changes that they made on defense. Um, I don't know if you recall, we were talking about Florida as, as being a team that I thought would struggle to take that last flyer uh, wild card with, with I I had Montreal, Tampa Bay, um, Detroit also disappointing, but for Florida to go through that whole, not just the personnel change, but it seemed like with the personnel that they acquired and released, they were going through a whole philosophical change on defense and it wasn't going to come right away. That's the kind of thing that takes a while to, to take root and the chemistry has to be built between your defenseman pairs. Roles have to be defined and it doesn't just come in three or four weeks of training camp and it was a shortened training camp for a lot of players due to the World Cup at the start of the season. So I can't really say that I'm surprised that Florida is, is down in the pack there in the Atlantic division with, with um, just that kind of a change. And then, and then uh, you called me out on it. My opinion on the Gallant firing. Um, Just, I I think, I think maybe that franchise was maybe the overachieving now that you can look back at in hindsight last year and uh, maybe the phrase regressing to the mean <laughs> might come into play. Uh, all apologies to Matt, but um, I, I think that's a, a mess of a franchise right now. And they got to do some soul searching to get back to where they were for sure. What else, uh, what else are you disappointed in so far in this young, yeah. not so young, we're almost at the halfway point. Yeah. The other th- three all come from the central. I mean, Dallas, Nashville, and mm-hmm. to a lesser extent, Colorado. I mean, Dallas last year, they were second in the league in points. They're barely in, in a playoff position. Nashville, who a lot of people, including myself, thought uh, after last year they could really push to get to the Stanley Cup Finals this year. I believe uh, they're slightly out of a playoff position going into today. And, you know, not that I expect Colorado uh, to be a playoff team per se, just like Arizona, but are they really – I mean, how can they be this bad – with you know, you know, they have some good players on that roster, and Landeskog, uh, Shane, Kenny. I mean, how are they this bad? Uh, it, it's really um, head scratching. 
to say the least. So, to me, those three teams are, are in that club of uh, the biggest disappointments. Dallas and Nashville still can right the ship. Uh, Colorado, look, they're gonna, their best days it can be uh, the ping pong ball night in uh, come April. Dallas, Dallas, right now, currently holding down the number two playoff spot in their number two wild card spot with uh, L.A. and Nashville tied one point back and Winnipeg two behind that. So, um, no, I did, and that's another team that I didn't, uh, I wasn't really happy with what they did on defense. Uh, in the off season, and thought that that they made a lot of roster changes, and thought that um, they may struggle uh, continuity wise early in the season, uh, as well as as St. Louis and Chicago. Well, I got one out of those three right. Uh, Dallas did struggle, and they have been riding the ship a little bit on their way back towards towards playoff contention. And as of today, they do hold that second wild card spot. So. Nashville, I had almost Fair. winning. I think I had them winning that division. So for me, that's a very that's a big disappointment. And yeah, and uh, so they're, they're just not. I think uh, I think they're not getting the goalie play that they get, that they're they're used to in in Nashville. I think maybe um, that has to do with some defensive play in front of in in front of him there. But ugh, I got you got to you got to pat yourself on the back for the good ones and and grin and bear it on the bad ones and it doesn't look like Nashville is is going to win that division for sure so that's in my book that's one of my biggest disappointments going forward was was where Nashville is right now so my question to you Mark is early candidates for the MVP uh McDavid to me is McDavid Crosby Brett Burns and Devin Dubnik uh, do you have an early favorite? <clears throat> I'll hedge my bet a little bit on this one. If the Oilers finish up in a playoff spot for the first time since who knows how long McDavid wins the MVP in a landslide, I am just the way that thing goes. Uh, if they falter down the stretch, he could and miss the playoffs. He could still win it, um, just because the a lot of a lot of voters like to coronate the next ones and and the greatness to maybe possibly to in the future as opposed to on I success this year. But my, my dark horse right now is going to be Dubnik just the way he has elevated Minnesota in, into where they are right now. So those, those are my two Crosby, you know, for, for Crosby to, to win it, I think he has to be better than Crosby. I mean, if you, if you follow what I mean by that, you can't go through right. and be second, third in the league in scoring, yada, 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 go to the all-star game. That's the people, people look at that as uh, just another ho-hum season for Sidney Crosby, who's playing great. Don't get me wrong, but the perception of, of what Crosby needs to do to elevate, he could, he could have better numbers than McDavid and then comparatively speaking, Dubnik and come in third in the voting just because of what you what the perception of of Crosby slash MVP season needs to be together. So <clears throat> although he's playing great and he's coming off a of Stanley Cup championship, um if if the Oilers make the playoffs, it's gonna be McDavid landslide. If not, I'm gonna say Dubnik's gonna come in there at a at a tight second. Um I don't think Burns gets enough he he's enough credit for the versatility in his game. And I don't think he gets enough exposure being a West Coast team out of out of those three. Um, a lot of the voters go to bed yeah, in the, the East. Kind, and, but the Burns is off. I agree with you. Uh, I, I think it's going to probably at the end of the day be McDavid and Crosby. Also, too, 
people feel like, well, Dubnik will get consideration. He can win the Vesna, which is another major award. But and I'm not saying Bernard sure. should win the Vesna, but I mean, if you look what he's doing. Uh, it seems like he gets better every year. I mean, he's almost for a defenseman. He's almost at a point a game. He's got, he's on pace for yeah. uh, practically a thirty goal season. He's uh, and I know this, the analytic people are not the biggest plus minus guys, but he is a plus thirteen. And the guy talk about being a force on the power play. He already has ten power play goals, a little less than the halfway mark. So. Uh, he is just an incredible player. He's going to finish his career with the San Jose Sharks, signing that extension that long ago. What an incredible year he's had. Yeah, well, we're looking at about a minute left in our short-term 30-minute uh, 2016 wrap-up. Uh, on where we're going into the new year. Yeah, I, I think what will be interesting is if you have so many teams – going to be vying for the playoffs, uh, I, I think, and we're going to have a special trade deadline show that we're, we're organizing. What's interesting to me is there's going to be a lot of buyers, but I don't know how many sellers they're going to be. Uh, so that will be an interesting landscape. And obviously, we're getting closer and closer as the season winds goes along uh, to having the uh, expansion draft and having players on the Vegas Golden Knights. So those are the two things uh, – and and the, I guess lastly uh, is how many teams, in my estimation, can win the cup this year. So those are the three things to watch out for. Well, I did I did figure out in our little studio here that uh, I I was able to extend our time by a couple couple few minutes. So um, that's obviously for us and for me uh, the the expansion draft and the introduction of the Vegas Golden Knights to the National Hockey League in. 2017 is something to look forward for and as we do do our, our trade deadline show how that uh it, you know the day after the trade deadline is going to be a really much clearer picture of what that roster is going to look like come september october um yeah but keep i'm looking mind, at Mark, I'm looking, teams, keep in mind real quick teams from my understanding will still be able to make trades up until what I mean by that is, let's say it's the playoffs, and the the Islanders and the Avalanche are pulled out of it. Those two teams can make a trade during the playoffs. Same thing when the For season sure. ends. I believe I believe there's a window between uh, the Stanley Cup ends and the expansion draft, and teams I believe can still make uh, can make trades then, then as well. But you're right. I think there'll be much clearer picture uh, in terms of. Who, who's going to be uh, who's going to be on the, the exposed list, if you will, of the of the Golden Knights? And then what? One more thing, we do have a few minutes now. Um, you had the the rookie watch listed in our in our little show outline that you you do a great job putting together. By the way, sir, I appreciate that. Um, no worries. The uh, rookie of the year race. Who, who handicap it? Who do you got? Well, I mean, obviously, statistically, you know, it's going to be about. I mean, you got Lene, uh, Patrick Lene and, and Austin Matthews. Um, you know, Mitch Marner's not that far behind them in terms of points, although he is with goals. Uh, it's probably, although I think uh, Zach Wierenski is, is going to get a lot of consideration, uh, especially being on the blue line, also being probably attributed uh, for helping that team. Uh, 
turning it around, if you will, one of the, not by himself, but one of the key cogs. So right. I think between now and the end of the regular season, you're going to have the top two picks from last year's draft and Zach Wierenski. But I tell you what, let's not forget how good of a year so far. Mitch Marner with 26 points, 18-year-old uh, Matthew Tuchuk with 21 points, and Jimmy Vesey is having as much as pains we'd say with the New York Rangers having 10 goals and 18 points. So, uh, you know, kudos to them for their rookie years. But I think it's a three-man race. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. If you're gonna, if you're gonna start a franchise around a player, and you had Patrick Laine or Austin Matthews, which way would you head right now? Oh, good problem Tough one. to have, and I wish. And I'm yeah, sure, for sure. I'm sure that I'm sure George McPhee wishes he would have this Hello. year's draft. Not, no, not yeah, not uh, ex- this year's draft being last year's players. No disrespect for. Uh, the, the guys in this year's draft, I'm sure they'll be a, like the last couple of years have been pretty special. Even the year before, when McDavid and Eichel won a special uh, top two, I guess yeah. I would go with Matthews simply because he's a center. <coughs> uh, but you, you're splitting to me. You're splitting hairs there. I think they're both going to yeah. be generational players. Yeah, I, I always like as as Dean Lombardi said when he was starting out with the Kings. Um, strength in the net, strength down the middle, strength on the blue line, strength on the wings. That's how he prioritized building his team. So I think I give Matthews the edge there too as being the centerman and maybe maybe more of an all-around player where, he's, you know, Patrick Line's skill is just disgusting. He's um, just sick right. to watch play. But there's another element to Austin Matthews' game Um that Patrick Liney sure sure could grow into, but um, I think I give the edge to Austin Matthews there. And pro, you know, I, I remember talking earlier in the year too about wanting to see Nylander, Marner, and Matthews all come up, play together, become cornerstones, and rejuvenate that Maple Leafs franchise. And uh, I have not been disappointed, sir. The three of those guys are going to be key in that that rebirth of the Maple Leaf Nation. Uh, going forward, so they're always exciting to watch play. Um, and they've had a good year, you know, even though they they for sure. struggled uh, in their own end of time. But you know, they're slightly above the NHL version of 500. And mm-hmm. you know, to me, they, if they, I don't expect them to make the playoffs, but if for for all their young players to push and and you know, with a week or so to go and be in the race to that point, I think they've had a – they couldn't ask for anything better than that. So – and it, it looks like that's where they're heading. Uh, and who knows? Maybe if they hit a hot streak, maybe they can sneak in. Um, I yeah. wouldn't think so because I don't think they're strong enough defensively as a team, let alone on the blue line. And uh be interesting to see. We'll drop a little a nugget in terms of, you know, I'm sure when we do the trade deadline show uh, – the name James Van Riemsdyk is going to be a very popular name and talked about uh, between me and you and our panel. Was it Shiger that we Mark Shiger that we had on talking Toronto? I forgive me. Uh, I'm, I'm having a little we brain cancer. We haven't actually went on talking to you know Mark is the Blue Jackets. We haven't uh, right, had right, right. We've had on talking about Toronto. There we go. So we haven't had a really that's what I'm thinking of. Toronto guy in a while. So uh, that's something that we're going to look at in February. We have a a number of really good shows coming up uh, that's going to lead into that trade deadline show. Uh, 
uh, starting next week, uh, next uh, Saturday show, we're going to have Rob Soria, who we've had on uh, last year with the hockey writers, uh, mm-hmm. talking about the Edmonton oil drop. Oilers. So, uh, yeah, they had oil, yep, an oil underscore drop, and of course we'll have the great Daniel Lane back as well. And, uh, you know, Mr. McPhee has been uh, giving some interviews and stuff and what he's looking at, mentioning uh, the AHL affiliates he's looking at, mentioning the expansion draft process and so forth. So uh, we'll try to get some nuggets out of uh, Mr. Mr. Dana Lane as well, and as well as the UNLV Rebels uh, update. 100%, 100%. Well, we are we are up against it, and, and we are out of time. Uh, thank, thanks to everybody for making 2016 a, a successful season for us at the Vegas Hockey Podcast. For for us especially, we enjoy all the feedback we get. And Chris was going through the analytics in our Finland, Norway, Austria, our European contingent, making up about 5% of our listenership right now. Um, we really appreciate you guys. Drop us a line at Vegas Hockey Podcast. Mark Warner at VegasHockeyPodcast.com is the email address or hit us up on Twitter at VegasHockeyPod. If you're, <coughs> excuse me, if you're looking for some Islanders content, Chris, Chris still writes for Eye on Isles fan-sided site for the New York Islanders. His content's always first rate over there. And we wish everybody a happy new year. I know there's a lot of people that are kind of just happy to put 2016 in the rearview mirror and and look forward to 2017 and looks to be an exciting dash down the stretch with a lot of playoff spots within five points of each other and it looks to be real exciting you guys make sure you go over to itunes and soundcloud give us a follow give us a like you can always catch our show at thehockeywriters.com forward slash podcast uh we're we're with a bunch of other podcasts over there and and the there's some really good nhl content on the other podcast uh, the boston bruins beyond the blade the hockeywriters.com podcast in and of itself is a good show um the tampa bay lightning podcast they have the guys do a really good job with that so make sure you get over there and check them out if those are your teams of interest final thoughts chris yeah i would throw out too jim cerny's show which i had the pleasure of being on about a month or six weeks ago uh he, right. he has three hockey writers Yes, so I'm talking about different teams. That's a fun show, and uh, uh, also too, even though we did it uh, right in uh, right before training camp, uh, a couple weeks before training camp started, if you will, for memory serves, uh, for all those Vegas fans out there, and even for the you know the fans of other teams wondering about the expansion draft, what can we expect? Go back and give our George McPhee uh, interview a listen. You can find it on SoundCloud or Blog Talk Radio or iTunes, and He's on the top of the show, the first 20 minutes we had with George McPhee, and he really does kind of give you a feel of what his plan's for. And uh, even though it was a few months ago, it's it would be just as re- relevant as if you listen to it today as you did a few months ago. So uh, I think that was a, a real good show. And like I said, we got a lot of good shows planned, uh, you know, after uh, next week's show, which I'm looking forward to with Rob Soria. We're going to have one of our, well, all guests are our favorites, but one of our, I thought, better shows last year is with the great Jillian Fisher. She's going to be on. She is actually going to be at the Winter Classic on Monday. Uh, I believe it's Monday. Fantastic. Yeah, I believe it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and she's also got, I don't know when it's, she's doing, she's just did or is about to do a trip dealing with the Predators as well. 
so we can tap into what's going on in Nashville with her, uh, uh, as well as uh, the Wooden Classic, as well as she's a diehard Flyer fan and she lives in Boston. So we can get her viewpoints on those two teams as well as uh, uh, her experiences as, uh, uh, as a sport. What is it again? She's a sports anthropologist. Do I have that right? Yes, that is that is her moniker for sure. Yeah, yeah. so uh, anyway, that's going to be a fun show as well. And we have uh, a couple others with the great Alan Zorzlitsky, who does the NHL on the ice, which I also contributed on uh, on the Capitals, and Dan Petrie, who's going to talk a little bit Islanders at the end of January. God knows where we're going to be at that point with them, but mostly about the Eastern right. Conference. And he's, at, he's on uh, Isles Buzzcast, Dan knows, uh, all cats know things inside and out, so... A lot of good, and, and then the the and then right after that will be the give or take a week or so of the trade deadline show. So I'm looking forward to all those great shows. All right, Chris. Well, you, I, I know you're not going down to the city tonight, so just stick around, be safe, uh, everybody out there. Have a great new new year, and we'll be back next week. Looking forward to great things in 2017 for Chris. I'm Mark, and we're gone. Mm-hmm.